0: I'm committing to working on myself, to not date anyone. And then this guy comes along and I'm like, gosh, darn it. What do I do? Do I continue on this path or do I like let him in a little bit and see how it goes? So I was like, in this relationship, if I'm going to allow him to be a part of this journey that I'm on, I am going to be so upfront, so honest. Intentionality is going to be there and nothing's going to be off limits. And if this guy says this is too much for me to handle, then he's not the one
1: hey there gals hey there gals and welcome to another episode of the gals guide we are a dating and lifestyle podcast my name is hannah and i am still in a relationship And my name is Emily, and I'm still codependent. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. So we are really excited for today's episode because we have a very special guest. It's our first reoccurring guest and our first couple
2: as well. That's
1: going to be on the show, but we're going to get more into that later. Hannah, you just checked out one of my favorite shows recently, and I am dying to hear your thoughts about The Good Doctor. Cause okay. I, I knew you
2: were going to love it. I knew you were going to, I hope you like it at least. Oh, I absolutely love it. So okay. I am not a fan of Grey's Anatomy. I'm really yeah, not, not a fan of like a lot of medical shows. Um, mm-hmm. But I have really been wanting to watch The Good Doctor. I've caught like an episode or two, like on TV after like another show has finished, but I had mm-hmm. never like sat down and like was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. I kid you not. I'm obsessed. I'm already on season two, like halfway through oh, it. How many seasons um, are there of it? I think there's like five. I could be wrong. I know there's like several, like there's several seasons. The season's
1: go on very long just because it's a network show. So I always forget how mm-hmm. long, because they do always do a mid-season um, break for holidays.
2: So I always forget like how long, the act- how many seasons there actually are. Yeah. But I've always, because of my profession and just because of who I am as a person, I have always wanted to watch it. And... I have to say that the show is done so well. Um, I at first was very irritated with like half of the hospital like staff for like the discrimination against. Sean Murphy, Dr. Sean Murphy, the one that mm-hmm. has autism and Savant Syndrome. And it's, I've got, I'm getting to the point now where they're kind of changing their tune and they're accepting mm-hmm. him more and more as part of the team. But mm-hmm. it is just such an incredible show. And to just kind of watch someone be portrayed like that in a show is really cool. And I know it's really, really difficult to portray autism in one person because every person with autism is so incredibly different. But it's really cool to like, highlight autism and normalize it instead of it having this like stigma around it Um, and I think that's the whole point of the show is to like decrease the stigma decrease the discrimination because he's an incredibly talented surgeon and he's very smart and thinks of things that other that other surgeons would not Um, and so it's just really cool to kind of just see a person with autism portrayed and how they think and how they process things differently but can still have a good like similar outcome and I like how they touch on how they don't think he can communicate but he can it just is looks a little bit different than what like a typical communication conversation would look like um So it's just so far, it's been so good. I've literally cried in like every single episode. I knew you would. (laughs) I'm like, like my boyfriend came home from work and I was watching it and I was like sobbing because like this big, this big thing happened and like Sean was really upset and like all these things were happening, and it was just like a big is turning this scene point. Where he breaks down in the locker room. Is no, it it? this is the scene uh-huh. where he has a mishap during surgery because of information that he learns. Gotcha. Um, Have you
1: gotten to the breakdown when he's in the locker no. room? No, okay. But I've seen.
2: But I've seen that scene. That um, scene. Yeah, it's because it's yeah. most
1: like heavily like talked about because it yeah. was everybody says it, it's like the most accurately portrayed they've ever seen something like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people who are autistic, like I've said, like it is very, very accurate. Mm-hmm. And they feel like someone finally was able to get it right. Get it. Yeah.
2: And I think that's the cool part about this show is that like, it's not like someone just trying to make a buck by using a person with autism. Like it's, I feel like he, they're really trying to portray like even, even so much down to the, like, he doesn't like to handshake. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't like hugs. So that sort of like the sensory differences that are, that they may have and all, all kinds of things. I just think it's really, really fascinating. Um, But yeah, I was like sobbing and Blaine was like, why do you do this to yourself? I was like, it's so good. You don't understand. (laughs) So, but I love it. I would probably say it's my captivation this week. I'm like so addicted and like, I'm kind of sad that Blaine's on first this week because we don't, we're watching our show together instead of me having time to watch my show. So I'm like having to take a week off of the good doctor. So
3: at least
2: he, so he's
1: watching it with you now.
2: Oh no no no! We oh. have a different oh. show. We were watching Manifest, um, oh. which is also a good show.
1: Oh, I tried watching that, and i gets granted a I, tried, little, I it, gets a it when bizarre. it was on. I watched it when it was on NBC, and I've heard it's okay. gotten better since Netflix picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, there's certain shows I think Netflix does well when they pick it up because. I think they did that great job with you, which I'm so excited for season three. I think Netflix was amazing with saving that show. And I've heard amazing things about Manifest. But I've kind of been burned a little bit because I remember when Netflix picked up Designated Survivor for like the last season and it was... I don't know I can't remember if it was by choice that it was the last season because the writers just decided to write it as the last season or if because Netflix wasn't going to renew it because the ratings went down after Netflix picked it up because they did like two three seasons on NBC and then NBC cut it Netflix picked it up and then on the last season of it which is all Netflix. It completely changed the tone of it because they started like dropping like the F like fuck and like all these like words mm, having sex yeah. scenes more in it. And I was like, This is not the show we've been watching this and I is don't not the vibe. <laughs> I was like, I this is so completely different. Like it doesn't match the tone of The show that we were watching before, it'd be like if you know. In my opinion, it'd be like if you know how to get away with murder was picked up for the last season, and like you know, you heard fucking uh, Viola Davis saying "fuck" every five minutes. Uh, It's like that's we haven't heard this. Why are we now doing this kind of thing? And like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden having like sex scenes in the middle of the thing. It's like we didn't need to know this. Like we didn't care about this before. I think the president. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like really different, but. I'm glad to hear
2: that Manifest has been better, though. Yeah, I mean, there's parts of it that were like, "Okay, this is dumb," or like, "Oh, of course they took it there," you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but I've for heard a lot most, of comparisons the, like m- lost. Yeah, for the most part, it's pretty good. Um, it's kept our attention. We just finished it, but there's another season coming apparently. So, um, but yeah, so now now we have to go back to watching Naruto, Naruto anime. Now we're huh? Now we're circling back to the anime show we started a oh, while ago. Okay. So all right. Well I'm so gonna yay check out for, me. for that one. <laughs> I'm gonna check out for that one. Um so
1: I guess I'll just go ahead and do my captivation then we'll get into story time since we've just done this entire we're intro backwards. A backwards. It's totally fine. fine. <laughs> it's fine. It is, you know, noon on a Friday. We don't ever record at this time. It's fine. <laughs> but I I'm gonna go ahead and get my captivation out of the way. It is a The most random thing, probably, uh, but you gals are going to adore me for it. It is a 10-ounce stainless steel coffee mug in the shade Coral Dream from Room Essentials at Target. Basically, this is Emily's way of saying I couldn't think of anything that I was captivated by this week because I'm not spending money and I haven't had time to do anything else but work and -hmm. listen to fucking Hannah's voice on repeat as I edit her damn music video.
2: Thank you. Love you.
1: (laughs) I just want to talk I want to cry sometimes it's fine oh, <laughs> that's
2: sad <laughs> I know when you text me and you're like hey send me the audio I was like and so it begins <laughs> I was like oh, fuck. I like I was
1: like I wanted to there's so many things I was like I need to get this done first I need to get this done first I need to get this done first and I was like I'm not going to be able to get anything like done I just need to go ahead and do it and start it and then I started and I was like oh god here we go <laughs> So it begins, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully I'll have that done uh within the month. But yeah, I, I just have been drinking all my caffeine out of this little baby mug. It's so
2: cute! Like you can put anything in there, and it's yes. so adorable. Yes. And I like Even that it has I did a lid. Spill, I did spill it all over me though the other day on my oh. way to Pure Bar. So oh, it's fine. That's it's, fine. It's fine. It's always it's fine. 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 <laughs>
1: So with a blast, um, nevertheless, uh, that has been my captivation because that's when it's been keeping me awake. But I do, so I have a story time. I need to apologize for the last episode. I didn't actually mean I wanted to kill or eat uh, the writer's cat. You already <laughs> said that. You said it was a joke. But he uh, listened to it and didn't consider it a joke. He took a personal offense to it. Oh, no. Um, And his cat apparently has taken a personal offense to it. So I'm just here to make another public apology because I know he's going to be listening to this episode. So, hi, here's your apology. Let's move on from this now. Thank you so much. I just, you know, everybody else in L.A. has got a dog, right? Everybody else in L.A. has a dog. Why does he have to have a cat? For a man who hates horses, I can't believe he's got a cat. <laughs> apparently he what else did he tell me? He, he he told on, hold on, there's another animal that he doesn't like either. He told me about
2: pandas. A, pandas are apparently really mean, right? Or I have that, or is that koalas? I don't know. One of those are really mean. I think it's koalas cuz pandas just want to sit there and eat bamboo and he's like that's the point.
1: Like they are letting their own species go extinct because we give them the prime opportunities to mate and then they choose to be like nah bro i'm just gonna sit here and eat this bamboo and i'm like i would love to be a panda in my next life yeah me too honestly just sit
2: there and eat bamboo all day and do nothing that sounds divine i like how he hates all these animals that are not bothering him (laughs) (laughs) He's like, for a vegan, he doesn't like like a lot of animals. I really have an issue with this panda. That's all I gotta say. That doesn't live here. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. For a vegan, he
1: hates a lot of animals. (laughs) Oh, that should be it. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I rest my case.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny.
1: But as far as like the LA move, like I got a roommate now, we're getting an apartment things are looking upwards Yay, and everything yeah. so hopefully all that happens and everything you know doesn't go awry well um, so you're going to you're
2: getting all that set up i leave for nashville tomorrow that's right and i am so excited um i think i said this one time but like i wanted to record in nashville since i was a little girl and so i can't believe i'm actually doing this um I finished the song last week. I sent it to my producer. He gave me a call. He was like, here are the things that I don't like. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. He was like, you don't need this pause right here. We're going to take it out. I was like, perfect. He was like, you also, he was like, I love the pre-hook, the like two-liner before the hook. He was mm-hmm. like, but you don't need it after the second verse. Like you don't need to repeat it again because it's made its point in the beginning. So we're going to just go from verse two to chorus. Um, there's, there's a bit of a like, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it like a tempo change or like a melodic change, but there's like an energy change into the bridge, um, that I'm really excited for. Um, but he was like, he was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get you a track that towards the end of the week for you to like hear and kind of see how the flow is. Um, it won't have your voice, but he was like, this song is beautiful and it just like heavily relies on the story that you're telling in the vocals. So I'm very, very excited, um, to, just like go to Nashville and experience this and then be able to walk Blaine around and like explore the town a little bit and then come back and have a song and a new release. And I'm very excited. So I'm nodding
1: my head. Like I know what any of those terms mean, but okay. It's okay. I got you. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like
2: over here, like frantically cleaning my apartment and trying to get the dog stuff together to take them to Blaine's parents' house. Um, Because I, like, hate leaving my house dirty and, like, coming back to a dirty house from vacation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've always grown up. Like, we always clean before we go on vacation. So I'm, like, trying to kind of clean everything, get all my paperwork done so, like, I don't have to worry about anything that is here in North Carolina while I am there. So, um, so, yeah, I'm very excited. Can't wait and I feel like
1: I also have photos I have to give you too. I have, I owe you photos as well from the music video that we just oh, did too. I totally forgot about them. I like don't know why I decided, "Hey, Emily, let's do all of this shit before you move." And, you know, on top of moving On on top of getting rid of things, let's do all that on top of that. Sounds Mm -hmm. great. Sounds like a fun time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, it's just I'm going to be constantly in a fear of, like, not a fear. I'm going to be constantly stressed. My shoulders are just going to slowly get higher and higher and higher until the end of the year. Yeah. Like, even once I'm in LA, they're going to
2: continue to be like this. Yeah. It's okay. We'll get through it. If we can get through 2021, then we can get through anything. So... Because I feel like 2021 somehow was, is worse than 2020. I don't know if it's worse or just overwhelming. <laughs> I think it's all crazy. I'm ready to, like, I'm ready to continue on forward and move on <laughs> from, <laughs> from what is happening in the world. So I'm just like, oh, my
1: God, there's so many things that I feel like I need to do. Do you know how annoying it is to move?
2: Yes, I've moved every (laughs) single year. I moved every single year of college. I have moved recently. It's incredibly annoying. The only good Good. thing is that I still have stuff at my parents' house that I can just pop over and go get. But most of it is here, actually. Now, Um, trying
1: to get rid of all your stuff before you move across the country, Jesus Christ. Um, I didn't realize I had as much clothes as I do. You have Uh, a lot of
2: clothes.
1: That's not even half. Like, the stuff you saw me post on my Instagram is just, like, maybe half.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Not really even half.
3: Of what I, you're getting
2: rid of? Of just all my clothes. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Gals, go on Emily's Instagram if you want any of her clothes.
0: Please. They're on there.
2: So, there there's a whole highlight
1: on my Instagram, mm-hmm. at Emily Elise.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Go. Buy something. Please. We can talk. I'll give it to you for $5, probably, because it has to go. <laughs> We're speaking up. I got to go to Play-Doh's
2: tomorrow. Dang.
1: Oh, that's always
2: a fun trip. Mm.
1: Uh, Which I found out a hack about Play-Dohs. Listen up if you want to hear this hack.
2: (laughs) Well, Play-Dohs, you can schedule it and leave it.
1: Uptown Cheapskake is the one that you have to stay Apparently, with Play Doh's though, apparently you can just cut the little care tag out of it because you know they don't take um, clothes after a certain year or whatever and they can see what it's been made. If you take the care tag out of the clothes and cut it out, they can't look to see what year it was made, so they just have to go based off the style.
2: Oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if you keep you still keep the tag in the back, just not the one on the side, okay? Yeah, that's the one on
1: the side because that's the one they're looking for. It's usually like a um, style number. Or um, there's like a code on it somewhere. It's an RN number that they're looking for, and it tells you what year it was made in. Oh, wait, no, it's right here. Aha! Target zero two slash
2: twenty one. That's really cool. Okay, so they probably gonna... only take things within the past two years. That would be my guess. Yeah, typically. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna go dig through all of my clothes now and cut that tag out. Yes. I love it. Okay. We
1: love all the Play-Doh's hacks. Alrighty. So before we get into this week's episode, let's go over a couple of housekeeping things. First off, like we just said, make sure you guys are following us on Instagram at the Gal's Guide Pod and on our personal Instagrams. Mine is at Emily Elise. And mine is at Hannah Nicole Adams. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you guys hit subscribe, give us a five-star review, and leave us a little comment. We love reading them from you gals. And then if you're on Spotify, make sure you guys hit that follow button and come back for more episodes. And today's episode, we have, like I said, a very special guest. She has been on the show before and she's bringing her boyfriend back for this episode. We're so excited to have both of them here and talk to them about codependency in their relationship and how they've been able to manage it and manage like working together like as a couple as well, being two creative entrepreneurs in Venice. If you guys live in Venice or like Los Angeles in general and you're down in Venice area, make sure you guys stop by their coffee shop called Little Coffee lunch it is the cutest coffee shop i personally can attest to it i've been there the chai tea is amazing uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we are so excited to have Allie and chris on so let's go ahead and jump right into that all righty gals so zooming into the home studio today we have our first repeated guest Yay! on the show yeah. we are so excited right. mm-hmm. and You've-
0: our first couple our first couple as well So many firsts. A bunch of
1: firsts. (laughs) So many landmarks. We're hitting it. Oh my god. She was our second guest we ever had on the podcast. You guys loved her episode on codependency and she is still killing it as a codependency coach and relationship leader. Everyone please welcome Allie and Chris. Hey
0: thank you so much. We're excited to be here.
1: We're so excited to have you. I have met you Chris in person a couple weeks ago back in like August I came out to LA and if you guys are in LA or if you're near Venice Beach they have the cutest coffee Mm -hmm. shop in Venice Beach called Little Lunch I was obsessed with it it's such like great vibes great location on top of that like you have a freaking parking lot in California like that's amazing That's like high value property right there.
0: And then you also have like
1: this whole like um, separate space where people can rent out like influencers, like can do like photo shoots and like, you know, sponsorship deal videos. And like you have held, held like meet and greet coaching experiences there as well too. It's been really awesome for you guys, I think.
0: Yeah. The, the space is incredible. Chris is the coffee guy of the partnership. So I'll let him talk about it more, but the advantages I've gotten from the space being a life coach is huge because rental space in LA is no joke to hold events. (laughs) It's so expensive. So, um, yeah, I've definitely reaped some benefits beyond the coffee as well, but I'll let him talk about Little Lunch a little bit.
3: Yeah. uh Yeah. I
0: would love to hear
1: more about it, especially like what your favorite thing on the menu is currently.
3: Absolutely. Uh, I'm unfortunately kind of a boring guy. Not, not boring, but I, I drink a lot of black coffee and I tend to go for very uh, adventurous types of coffee. So that part's not boring at all. Um, but we do make a, a specialty beverage called our Cocoa Cold Brew. It's a 50-50 coconut water and cold brew infusion with a little bit of macadamia milk in there. And uh, we, we crush through it by the gallon every single week. So we go through like 20 gallons. It's insane. Uh, but the, it's a perfect summer beverage and, uh, and people love it. It's, it's easy to drink, It has a natural sweetness. So crowd pleaser. But, um, you know, when I came into the partnership for Little Lunch Coffee, they really wanted to have kind of a larger scale cafe to have a bigger food menu and offerings. And uh, ultimately, we, we have found out pretty quickly that the permitting was not established for that at all. And so I kind of talked to my partner and said, look, I've operated very small coffee bars, 85 square feet, which is half of the space that we currently have at Little Lunch. And um, I, you can do a lot. And so my, my concept was, do we really want to make our overhead our rent uh, selling avocado toast or renting real estate? <laughs> and as you know, in LA, real estate wins, hands down. So we talked about kind of curating uh, community via all of our partners' networks, because there's six of us included in this partnership. Uh, actually, I believe seven, eight, eight, eight now, um, and so it's been really great to kind of tap into those networks and fill that space. Bring in, you know, smaller micro communities, whether that be different influencers, um, bloggers, and food groups. We've got um, coaches and wellness um, individuals. So it's it's been a unique, eclectic mix thus far, and it's only going to continue to grow. So we're just excited to see. You know how the event space takes off and really carries, you know, the uh, the business itself.
0: I feel like one day you guys are gonna have to do a gals guide meet and greet. One hundred percent. Like
1: we are already there. <laughs> Drop
0: that
2: on the podcast now.
1: <laughs> We're here for it. We are so it. here for that.
2: Coffee and gals and hanging. I'm here. It's like right next to
1: it, like the coolest like tattoo parlor as well too. Like it's. We all can the, go all get the a gals
0: guide tat. To- yeah. Yes. You know,
1: there we yeah. go. It's, it's great. all great vibes.
0: Your posse over, you know, it's gonna be
1: perfect. Yeah. But you guys have been killing it, and like I think both like you with like little lunch, you with your coaching as well. I've seen you, Allie just like I feel like your whole coaching thing is like just taken off, yeah. and you've been just completely blossoming. It's especially not only just like from you know when you first started, but I think from when we had you like first on the show to now, I feel like you've grown like so much and we yeah. want to hear all about that your experience with it and everything but before we kind of like dive into the chunk of this episode yeah when we first had you on we forgot to ask you for your captivation and so we are making up for it right now we're getting your captivation what is your captivation and Chris we would also love to know yours as well
3: absolutely yeah
0: so currently I'm captivated by organizing and designing I am so into it because we just moved but I'm like I'm gonna make a spin-off business one day that is helping Girl, others. I
2: will be your first <laughs> yes. person.
0: Like <laughs> truly. you wanna zoom it. meet about
2: this? I'll zoom meet with
0: you. Perfect. Perfect. Go through my yes. closet with like, me. It's so fun and I enjoy it so much. And now that like we're kind of settling in, which is crazy because we just moved on Saturday. Like, not even what? Five days ago, okay. not even a week. Even Your a house week. is more put together than mine. <laughs> <And I'm laughs> I've been in it since so. January. I'm literally bored. I'm like, what do I do now? It's done. The project is done. So I'm like, I need to go to other people's houses and do theirs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to come to North
0: Carolina? <laughs> Just yes. Trust me,
1: when I when I get out there to LA, I'll call you over and be like, Allie, help. help.
0: <laughs> Please, I will bring coffee. I'll show up and I will go ham all weekend month Love it. I love it. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. But Chris, what about you? What's your captivation right now?
3: Uh, I'm really captivated, you know, primarily because of Little Lunch. But I'm captivated by community and what that means to a lot of different individuals. You know, it's um, with a with a coffee space like ours. I believe in coffee. You open a new business, and this applies to many different businesses. But you either hit the ground running with a ton of money and a concept, and you assert yourself into a community and prove that concept. Or you start out with no money, uh, like we did, <laughs> and you, you kind of grow and bring in the community based on what they want, you know, and give them what they want. So right now we're just kind of figuring out what community means to everyone and how can we truly tie that in at Little Lunch. And so it's just um, and you get different answers from everyone. And so you're kind of like piecing together what are the similarities and what are the differences and um, uh, yeah, everyone thinks that community is pretty straightforward, but it's a pretty complex <laughs> micro.
1: Hundred uh, percent. I, I I mean, I see this firsthand with my mom being a small business owner on her owning her own boutique and everything like that. But where we live, there's like thirteen coffee shops in like the small like downtown area. I'm like one. Wow. You guys are like two blocks away from each other. One is literally right across the street from each other. I'm like, how? Um, but it's so interesting seeing how different small businesses are able to create a sense of a community and almost like an aesthetic in a certain way. And then seeing these much larger companies come in that same area and try to insert themselves. And it's either, it's interesting in my personal experience, it's failed I think in a way for a lot of those bigger companies because they're like oh we're bigger we're better like you know you know our name you've seen us before and everything but you don't get that personal touch that you get I think when you go to like a small business and you're able to like you know feel like you're at a friend's house in a kind of way like you're visiting like their personal kitchen or their closet and whatever it may be and you just get that more personalized touch with it and that I would put more value into than Oh, like I can get this same coffee at like, you know, five different cities, um, in my state or whatever. Totally.
3: Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think, um, you know the the primary difference between those is as a small business, you know, you're putting your your blood, sweat, and tears into it. And a lot of the time, it's pretty mostly my prepare. tears. I'm definitely
0: prior in this relationship while all, we build businesses. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think I think people see that and they pick up on that and they find value in it. You know, there's a there's a direct human connection there, and you lose a lot of that with bigger businesses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see these trends now with bigger businesses trying to capitalize on that and curate that in a way where, you know, it's still a challenge for them to do so.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause if we literally, like my mom always says, like when you buy from a small business, like you're physically making that one individual so freaking happy that to like a corporation, like it doesn't have that same effect on them. And so yeah. that's why I think it's just a lot more valuable because like you're literally making that one person, that one business owner, like that's in that you, maybe that's the only sale they had that day they're you're putting a smile on their face and that's all that i could want and you're not going to get that same personal effect i think from corporations so yeah i love that i'm so happy that you mentioned that because i think that is something that i personally can go on a tangent on um (laughs) (laughs) whole episode on community (laughs) yeah i mean yeah like honestly because we sit here and we try to build like our own community like with the gals guide and like trying to create like this safe environment for girls to feel like they can like come to us, like, with advice and, like, questions and things like that. Like, we have, like, the gals guide sleepovers that we do, like, like, live chats kind of thing. And just trying to cultivate, like, that sense of, like, you know, we want to be, like, your best friend or, like, your bigger sister that you feel like, you know, hey, I haven't really talked to anybody about, you know, codependency or, like, Mm -hmm. I've never really talked to anybody about, like, my attachment style or, like, I had this really one narcissistic ex that, like, I'm still trying to get over that with, like, you're the only people I feel like I can talk to about this. Like, can you give me advice? And that's something that we I feel like have definitely tried, and we're still trying to um, grow because it's
0: definitely not easy whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and trying to stay authentic kind of, yeah, of what people want, and then you're like, oh wait, this isn't. <laughs> they're not responding to this, right? And then you're like, let's pivot, let's try something else. That's so um, i, I, are, I e Facebook. Facebook. I
1: we e f-
2: have realized we're going to try to hop off Facebook somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, we
1: had a Facebook group and everything and um because we've seen so many other podcasts do that but we personally are not very engaged on Facebook in general and we feel like a lot of people in our audience they're in the same boat they're like we just don't like Facebook so trying to figure out okay how can we create a sense of community that's not on such a big platform like that like how can we make something that's a little bit more niche and smaller that fits and is more tailored to us right. instead yeah. of tailoring to everybody else
0: around us. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's really smart. Really really mm-hmm. smart
3: gotta listen to the people
1: absolutely absolutely instagram polls man that's where it's at yes, <laughs> honestly. Honestly. but god love talking about that i could sit there and talk about that for hours but that is not why we are here we are here because ally came to me and she like messaged us on instagram was like well, how about a couples episode of codependency if you're not sick and tired of that and i was like i'm i'm never sick and tired of that yeah this is something, as you know, I told you last time I was in LA that I was going on a date with someone, and I'm still seeing that same person
0: Yay! You know, on the show. Yeah.
1: Thank you <laughs> on the show. We've called him, we've dubbed him the writer, um, <laughs> but uh, he he and I are still talking. And you know, I told you for a while, I felt really secure and really confident in this relationship because he is so secure in everything. And I thought that, oh, okay, I'm dating someone who is secure. We're great. Codependency, who is she? Like, she's nowhere right. here. Right. And then I started <laughs> noticing her creeping back in, and I was like, oh God, oh no, she's still here. Okay. um hmm, How do I handle this? How do I go about, you know, facing my codependency when I have somebody who is actively showing me that they want to be with me and care about me? And they're not like, you know, that narcissistic ex that like triggered yeah. it all and everything why is it still happening? Why is she still in my head kind of thing? And how do you go about navigating that? Because I think a lot of people, when they think about getting into a healthy relationship, they think, oh, all that past trauma, all those past like issues, they're not there. They're gone. They're on vacation. And then they come back from vacation and they're like, oh crap. Um, right. yeah. Here we are. And they don't know how to handle it. So yeah. I would love for you to like, tell us like y'all's story and like get y'all's like, point of view of how you were able to handle that in your relationship? Because I know you talked yeah. a little bit about it in our first episode with you, um, but yeah. we'd love
0: to also hear Chris's point of view about it. Totally. So fun fact, the reason that recovery is called recovery is because people in my CODA group, so Codependents Anonymous, used to say they'd introduce themselves as like, hi, I'm Allie, recovering codependent. Um, And so through hearing that, like the word like recovery, recovery, recovery kept coming up to me. And to this day, I consider myself a recovering codependent because there's no really end point of it. You're always once you're codependent, you're always going to be codependent and not to like put a label on yourself. Obviously, you're more than that. But kind of like you said, it's going to reside deep down inside of you. And it's more so using tools and systems to make sure that you have a foundation in place in your relationship, which we'll talk about, um, to manage those because they might not pop up right away, but maybe they'll pop up in marriage. I'm secretly terrified of children um, because as (laughs) much as I want them, I will probably become codependent on my child, right? I'm hyper aware of this. So I'm like, ooh, immediately when I'm pregnant, I'm gonna be like new systems because now this is a new relationship that I might fall into codependency with. So you're completely normal to just put that out there that if this is popping up, it happens to most people who struggle with codependency. Taking you back about three years, I was just starting my codependency journey when me and Chris started dating. We had known each other for about two years, but we were just like not aligning. We were like,
3: I don't think that we were trying to. We weren't trying. I think think there was opportunities and potential, but I don't think that either of us were in a place to reach for that. Totally.
0: So. Finally, you know, it started happening. And of course I was like, this is how it happens. And I was very early in my healing journey, but I was like, I'm committing to working on myself to not date anyone. And then this guy comes along and I'm like, gosh, darn it. What do I do? Do I continue on this path or do I like let him in a little bit and see how it goes? So I was like, in this relationship, if I'm going to allow him to be a part of this journey that I'm on, I am going to be so upfront, so honest intentionality is going to be there and nothing's going to be off limits. And if this guy says this is too much for me to handle, then he's not the one for me. So Mm -hmm. literally date one, I'm like, I go to CODA meetings and I'm codependent and just giving him the rundown of everything I was going through. And he's like, cool, tell me about it. What what are they like? (laughs) And I was like, wow, this is not how I thought the conversation would go. So I'll kind of hand it over to you you there on how the early dating through that felt for you from your perspective
3: um I mean going back to uh knowing Allie over the course of two years you know she was a regular in the shop that I was managing the coffee shop that I was managing at the time and so just knowing her and kind of having that established history uh, I knew more intimate details about her kind of prior to dating of course and um, i had to make a very conscious decision early on even prior to entering into the relationship knowing some of her past traumas and negative experiences with previous relationships whether or not i wanted to be uh someone that fed into that you know whether or not i wanted to be another uh notch in the belt and a negative term um and so i had to make a very intentional decision from the get-go to you know be my best self and support her through navigating all that and that journey itself. Um, and so when she said that she was codependent and navigating through that and going with codependence anonymous, I mean, most guys would run for the hills or say, <laughs> hey, red flag, I'm out of here. Um, but I knew that I knew that there was stuff relative to that. And so uh, jumping into that relationship and even that first date, I was like, well, I'm aware of these things. And um, you know, it's not up to me to like shun her or shy away from her just because she's working on herself. Like that's the exact opposite thing that we should do. You know, I've dated enough um, girls in my life uh, to know that if someone's putting their best foot forward to work on themselves, like that should only be supported and, uh, you know, cheered about. So
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, once we started getting more serious, I was like, I want him to know everything and again this was like in a in not an oversharing unhealthy way it was definitely like as we got closer I would tell him more and more and more but I was like look I'm gonna have insecurities in our relationship I'm gonna be fearful I don't know how to have healthy arguments arguments to me feel like you're gonna leave me my abandonment issues come out Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to protect myself, so I'm going to be like, nope, I'll just leave you, which definitely said that a million times in the beginning of our relationship. So knowing that, I felt like, let's talk about it and let's put it all out now. So we had a lot of phone conversations early on, um, like a lot of deep, long conversations just about life experiences. We talked about things like, hey, what are your worst fears? Let's talk worst case scenario. What are your deal breakers? Um, What like would absolutely turn you away? And it kind of terrified me, but it also was such a good foundation because I was like, okay, I've had really unhealthy relationships in the past. And he's telling me like, I'm not allowed to act the ways I've acted before in my relationship. Like he needs me to trust in him. Like no guy's ever asked me like, I really want you to trust me because I was dating narcissistic men who more so expected it. And if I said I was scared of it, they would be like, well, I never did anything to you and blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, well, like I want to gain your trust. And we used to do this thing that I kind of think is cute now. And if I ever had a client who was, you know, navigating a new relationship, I would tell them to do this. But I used to tell him weekly, where my percentages of trust were at. So be like, I trust you 60%. I trust you 70%. Maybe we sat at 80 for like a really long time. You know? <laughs> so I could like you're given that 20%. But it was like constant communication and constant check-ins. I think it was also helpful that I was still going to CODA meetings. So oh, yeah. every single week I'd go to a meeting where everyone's talking about codependency, I would review my own relationship and be like, are we falling into that? Or is this healthy? He was great, even though he was waking up at like 4 a.m. to work at this coffee shop. I got out of these meetings at 9, and he would be like, call me and just like wake me up. Oh. And basically he like talk to me about anything that came up. And I would call him sometimes crying or sometimes good. One time I had a really bad experience in CODA, and I literally showed up at his house being like, I just don't want to go home alone. Um, and again, he always held space for that. So our communication from day one, I was like, I don't have to hide anything. And I think that was, Mm
3: -hmm. yeah, not, not hiding anything. And again, knowing about her history prior to getting into relationship, it really held me accountable. You know, I could either be a really shitty guy or hold myself to a higher standard, you know, not playing into those fears, not playing into the, the traumas, uh, not taking advantage of this vulnerability. Um, and, you know, you have to, you have to push down those like selfish wants and desires that we have as a human and, and be impartial and, and uh, just generally considerate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting to navigate through. And and there were many times, even through that process where I was like, wow, you're codependent. Like this is nothing compared to the issues that I have. Um, so it wasn't really that bad or as bad as that, you know, she makes it or that she had it thought up in her head at the time. So. It was an interesting journey. Um, but I mean, I just, we're still
0: like sometimes yeah, still navigating it. Yeah, so we've been together about three years now. And I feel like we've set the foundation. So we have a really good secure foundation. But I, I don't know how how many, it was like not that long ago that I stopped saying like, we can just break up, you know. Like that was still my like. We're literally living together for years. We have cats together. We own businesses together, and like that was still. We can, we can just we can just break up now. Just, yeah, pretty just, much. Just, and like we have two cats, you take one, I take the other. Like <laughs> that was work. Split like little lunch, like half. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So essentially though, that was, that's like a codependent behavior, you know, like that's a, my secure attachment or insecure attachment popping up. And then me being like, I'm going to save myself. I don't need you because I'm rejecting the codependency so hard that I'm then like, I'm going to push you away before you push me away to keep myself safe. And then he eventually was like, you have to stop saying that again with holding each other accountable and to our highest selves. He was like, we can't keep moving forward if that's constantly going to be your threat and he called me out on like I've never once said that and like how do you think that makes me feel when you say it you know and you're like oh shoot like I've got to be better I've got to be better I know that's like I'm feeling scared but I can say I'm feeling scared instead of I'm gonna leave you right so it's like all in the delivery of it um so yeah there's definitely constantly new waves, I guess you could say of how it pops up in our relationship and then how we navigate that together. And again, I think it's just constantly, and if I had to give advice to anyone, I'm like, just be radically honest about what's coming up for you. So many of the times we think like, we're going to scare them. We're going to hurt them. We're going to this, but as long as it's, it's more of an, I feel sentence Mm -hmm. and not Mm -hmm. a you did or I feel or it's not accusatory as long as it's an I feel you really can't go wrong with it and your partner also has to know how to support you so if you're not telling them I feel this when this happens or when we fight or whatever the situation is they're never going to know how to help you feel more secure in your own relationship yeah,
3: yeah.
1: It's, it's like we said before on this show like you know when that when that arises like you're almost like externalizing that like what the issue is and making it like a third party and the Mm -hmm. relationship so it's like you guys versus this third person instead of you guys versus each other kind of thing and so it makes it more actionable and like something that you guys can work on together to strengthen the relationship instead of just like going at it with each other which will only deteriorate it
3: Yeah, Yeah, I often, I often give her a lot of flack for that, where she's like trying to avoid a bigger problem from coming up, and I'm like, you know, (laughs) if we just put a focus on those feelings that you had in the first place, that problem would have been completely avoided. So yeah,
0: because I think in codependency too, right, like you become so scared to lose a person that you shove. So you're like, I'm not gonna bring up that that bothered me, or that wasn't that big of a deal. So it's fine. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you're like on the like, you haven't nothing left to give. You know, I talk about it with clients, like you have a cup and it's like, you pour some out, you pour some out, you pour some out. And then something minor happens and you just have nothing left to pour. So then you just like shatter. Right. And that's what happens a lot with us. So I'm constantly trying to get better. Like, Oh, that bothered me that you said that it can be that simple. and It doesn't turn into a giant
1: thing yeah it was like last night I was on the phone with the writer and uh he said something and I texted texted you and I also texted my friend who is a uh like licensed therapist and everything and I was like yeah, I he said this and it bothered me it's nothing like it wasn't nothing to do like with me it was just something he was like I feel like he was like internalizing something on himself but I just didn't like the tone or the attitude behind it and she's like then tell him it's, yeah I was like <laughs> I can't. She's like, yeah, you can just say that you yeah. didn't, ap- that bothered you. Like, right. it's
0: that simple. <laughs> I was like, oh, again. Is it? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like how he said it. It can just be how it made you feel at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like so much about codependency again, when you have the fears of how other people are going to react. What I always tell clients is like, if you're not meant to be, you're going to find that out anyways. <laughs>
1: So you okay, might rather well, sooner than later kind of thing exactly. yeah
0: so I'm like you might as well be your most authentic self say exactly what you're thinking and feeling and find it out sooner than when you are who knows how deep right people stay in relationships they shouldn't be in for far too long all the time so clearly, <laughs> so yeah you know like that's where it's like you might as well just say it especially when you're building the foundation because there's nothing better than being in a relationship long term and feeling like this really is my person because I'm my most authentic self and they hold space for me they hear me out they see me and it's not to say it's perfection right like in building three businesses right now, we're definitely busy. We definitely have misconnections. We have days where he's just tired. And I'm like, why are you mad at me? You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's just tired. <laughs> <laughs> this is all me. Um, I definitely, he's like mostly perfect little angel over here. Um, but yeah, so that still happens, right? Even though we have great communication and we have a great foundation. So it's not to say it's perfect, but our bounce back is a lot quicker than the bounce back is if you don't have the foundation or if you're ultimately not right for each other and you've been faking it for longer than you should have. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, like on the first date I had the writer when I was out in LA, um, we sat down at a bar in uh, Sherman Oaks. We're sitting there talking and um, he was, he's listened to the podcast before. And he was like, so tell me about the doctor like let's let, let's get into that and I was like oh god okay here we go this is the this is the x like the ex that caused yeah. the problems like we're, you want to know so I was like Great. screw it I'm you're gonna hear about it either way whether you listen to my podcast or like I because I asked him, I was like just don't listen wow. to these few episodes where I go into deep of that because I want to be the person that tells you yeah. I don't want you to hear wow. like this person that I've like yeah. not like a character I play but like you know I don't want you to hear me like trying to play it up and, like, you know, be totally. funny about it and, like, you know, tell a story in that way, like, I want you to hear it from me. I was just, like, you know, I, I want to be able to tell you authentically instead of you hearing it on the podcast, and I opened up, I told him, and he was very just receptive of it, like, he was just, like, yeah. I'm so sorry that happened to you, like, you know, you don't love, deserve any of that. Love the writer. Yeah, and then he told me about his, I mean, he's been married before, and he opened up and told me about that whole relationship, and we were just, like, let's just let's just get out, get it out of the way. This is how we are. This is what happened. And this is the kind of version of fucked up that we are and why we are the way we are. And it was really great because I was like, oh, wow, I don't have to hide this from someone. Now, I haven't said the words that I am codependent to him yet, but after this conversation, it's probably going to
0: happen. Because... You don't have to, again, say, I'm codependent. You could say, I struggle with codependency, Uh right? Or I fall into codependent tendencies. So again, it's like, however you self-identify anyways, right? Like whatever you would say to like a friend about your codependency, you can say to him. And I think it's important that we share these things because we're whole human beings, right? Like we can't just take this part of us and throw it away. Like that doesn't ever exist in our lifetime. We never get that opportunity to throw pieces of us away. It's always a part of who we are today in beautiful ways, probably, right? Like your codependency has probably made you who you are in some stunning ways. And a lot of times we talk about codependency as a negative because it is an extremely painful thing when you're in the midst of it. But when you're kind of on the recovering side of it, it's beautiful. And like the way you care for people, the way you love people, the way you're there for people, like codependency is just a magical human trait. when you're not looking at, you know, the painful sides of it, or you're not experiencing the painful sides of it. So when you love, you love hard. And that's amazing. And so too, you can say it in a way where it's like, I've struggled with this. And these were the hard parts of it or might continue to be the hard parts of it and also here's some benefits you might reap from it like you know this boy knows i love him (laughs) absolute death um and as much as i'm like we'll just break up like the second he's like okay i'll go out of the room i'm like where are you going (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly exactly
1: yeah i mean there was moments where i was on the phone with another day because i um i had a panic attack and um I was like, I'm just laying in my bed crying right now. Like, it's slide. I texted him that. Oh. And he was like, do you, do you want me to call you? Like, would that make you feel better? Oh. And I was like, yeah. And so I called him like bawling okay. my eyes out. And he's like, and I'm like, telling him what's going on. He's like, it's, it's a little hard to understand you. Just take a deep breath one, time. Right, one more time. <laughs> yeah. I was like I'm listening. And I was just like. I was just vulnerable. It was just like you know, like my fear of abandonment was triggered by a, some an external situation that had nothing to do with him. And I was just like, you know, I I have a fear of abandonment, and that's being triggered right now. And he's like, oh, okay, well, if it helps, I I I don't I don't plan on abandoning you. Um, like I'm go, I, like I'm I'm gonna date you. And he literally said he's like I'm I'm gonna date you. Like you you were gonna be my girlfriend,
3: that's so
1: I, you. you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> I was like, Thanks. okay, thank you. That's great. Yeah, Just, I was just like, you know what, screw it. We're just going to be open about it and just, he's going to find this out eventually. He's going to see me have a panic attack eventually and see me freak out over stuff like that why hide it any longer? Like, let's just get into it already. I know Hannah's like, God, thank you.
0: (laughs) Yes. I'm such the like,
2: I'm such the like, here, here it is. This is what I am like up front that it's hard for me to watch people not. And so it's been a learning curve for me to like, have to sit back and let you figure it out on your <laughs> on your own. Cause I'm um, like, if they don't want me now, then like they're not gonna want me in three months when I finally decide that I'm gonna open up and share this part of me. So I just lay it all out on the table. Yeah. And friendships and like all relationships. And if they don't want to be in that, then bye. Yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a. She's disguise. like, let me make everyone
0: happy and perfect. And yeah. And out. then I'm just gonna suffer <laughs> internally. <Yeah. laughs> That was me in every single relationship before and also none of them worked, right? So I was like dating so hard, but not being my authentic self. Like what? I wasted so much time, right? And like, obviously I'm glad I'm here now because I believe we're all on a divine journey. And for the same reason, you know, that Emily might have not been her authentic self to wait for who she was meant to be authentic with. Now that she's here, it'll all make sense, you know, or later she'll find out like exactly why. But yeah, it's an incredible it was, joke, it it I never, I could never go backwards, right? Like let's say me and Chris, knock on wood, didn't work out and I did end up in the dating game again. It would still be this version of me. I can't go back to that masked self ever because yeah. it just feels so unauthentic. Like, I can't sit there and just talk about, I don't even know what we would talk about, you know, <laughs> like, if we're not talking about the real life stuff, I can't even come up with a topic. Like, yeah. I'm, like, just too deep in my being true to who I am and owning all pieces of me at this point mm-hmm. to shut me down. Yeah.
1: Because I feel like we touched on it in our first episode with you where, like, there's some relations I've been in where I was feeling like, oh, I'm giving, like, 40% of myself. Like, I'm diluting a... Bunch of myself and yeah. not being like my fullest version, and yeah. this is probably the first time. Like, and I, I had like probably said like, "Oh, like the last the actor." I was That's like, not
2: exactly I, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm one hundred. <laughs> I'm one
1: percent with the actor. I was one hundred percent myself with him." I was not like totally. I was like,
2: like n- eighty-five, yeah.
1: ninety. I was like teeter-tottering there. Um, yeah. Yeah. would not have allowed him to see me have a panic attack ever. Like, no. Uh, this yeah. dude, like, it's just so much of he. I think the reason I was so intrigued by just being 100% myself is because this is the first guy who was just like, Hey, I've liked you for two years now. Kind of thing. I don't really plan on going anywhere. So I'm just like, all right, let's just try this out for a size. Like you said, you're not going anywhere. Okay. Let's see. Kind of thing. <laughs> like, okay. let's test that theory. Totally.
0: <laughs> kind of. I mean, I as well. Right. Like essentially he's saying got nothing to lose and, even if people like anyone listening to this, like even if their partner's not saying that, like again, you're not gonna work out if you're not meant to be, anyways. Yeah, so if you're meant to be, it'll work out. But you're only gonna know that if you are your true self. Don't wait two years to be like, now this is who I am, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not that you you don't change, but like
1: <laughs> I'm I a secretly Hannah Montana. Hello. Pretty
0: much pretty much <laughs> singer like, yeah. because people do this. Like there's TV shows on this stuff, right? Where all of a sudden people are like, This is Cat who Fish. I am. I, I, I was thinking of Catherine. I Fish. love Catherine. Five-year relationship? (laughs) What? (laughs) Like live that life for that long? Like without Facetiming? Like what? Like
3: maybe extreme. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I mean, between being yourself, you know, it's it's both liberating and that brings out the best in you. And I think also, you know, you you dodge resentment. You know, so mm-hmm. if you spend all the time hiding something, that thing may not even have been an issue, but you've hidden it for so long. And that, that builds these feelings that are much harder to overcome than perhaps. That yeah. Thing. I
0: have a client right now who's in a newer relationship and she's already resenting her boyfriend because she feels like she's not getting what she needs from a relationship, but she won't tell him what she needs in a relationship. And I'm like, we gotta give him a chance, right? He's never gonna know. And again, you cannot tell him and you guys will break up or you can tell him and you can give it a shot and see if he can be what you need and then maybe it'll work out. But right now it's definitely not gonna work out if you keep building this resentment. So again, it's like, put it all on the table. You know, if you do struggle with codependency, getting into a new relationship feels really vulnerable, but the best thing you can do is just be your authentic self and include the codependency in that when you struggle with that. And with our journey, I mean, kind of going back to the businesses, I really don't believe we would own three businesses right now within three years of our relationship. I mean, they're all less than a year old, all the businesses, Um, but you know, we're full-time entrepreneurs essentially. So they're doing well enough for that. Um, I don't think we'd be here if we were not our true authentic selves. Building businesses is the most vulnerable thing. I've ever done in my life it's more vulnerable than getting into a new relationship in my opinion because that's for one person and when you're building a business it's like you know you gotta get that community we've been talking about you gotta build an audience and get clients customers pending the business so it feels more vulnerable but the fact that we have a foundation of each other to lean on building these is huge I think it's kind of becomes a a life source in a positive way, not in a codependent way because we have built the foundation of a non-codependent relationship. We're interdependent on each other and our businesses have become interdependent. And now it's like this beautiful blossoming of flowers. You know, I feel like we planted a lot of seeds in the foundation and now so much is able to blossom from the work that we've done in creating the foundation. And even going back to like kids, like I'm excited to have kids because i'm like ooh, we have a very conscious relationship and we're going to be conscious parents and again it's not perfection we're aiming for but all the work that we've done more grows from it it doesn't just end with us in our relationship we're able to plant this health this consciousness this intention in businesses in children and in you know anything else we do in our lifetime yeah it's
3: um accountability you know everyone sucks putting themselves accountable and so if you're bringing that stuff to the table up front you're giving someone else the opportunity to hold you accountable and that's that's something that people pay pay money for you know <laughs> um, and so if you can get that from your partner uh you can definitely reach heights that you couldn't by yourself
1: that's what i was literally gonna say i was like i'm sure it helps with that but I, I, do you feel like I mean we haven't had a couple on so it's this is a, I feel like a great time to ask as well too because I'm sure there's a ton of girls that have been on that listen to the show and they you know want to open a business or like they are doing something like I mean there's girls that listen to us that are like Instagram models and their boyfriends are their photographers all the time mm-hmm. and so they, just jobs where like you're so both intertwined kind of a little bit like as a couple like are there any like like qualms or like things that you've run into that have like you know put stress on it and that you've been like what are the tools that you've like used to like overcome that together compromise
0: yeah i feel like especially (laughs) in the beginning like really figuring out time right you only have 24 hours in a day we had Mm -hmm. 30 budding businesses and they all needed work they all needed help they all needed support and like feelings get involved as much as it's business i'm like well i'm trying to do all this and you're trying to do that and i'm supporting you here and you're not supporting me here so we really had to like you said compromise on time and get really aligned with how we were going to manage our schedules because You know, a relationship also takes time, right? So around three businesses, we had to try to build schedules of when our businesses were functioning, when we could support each other, when we couldn't. Um, and we're pretty, I think this is probably because I'm a life coach, we're pretty good at like not just talking about this stuff, like this stuff gets written down, like monthly calendars (laughs) get made, everything gets put on the calendar. If things change, there's communication. Um
3: all all good things like that take work, you know. And you know, writing it down and holding yourselves accountable and working together to problem solve and compromise is is work. So if you're not doing that, you're like, oh, we're just gonna put our best foot forward and good intentions. That's really just a fraction of the battle. So
0: yeah, and we also do um, pretty regularly, we used to do them every single month. But now we do them, I would say, like every other month, we do something we call check ins with each other, where we intentionally set like an hour of time where we like, plan it ahead of time, it's on the calendar, you know, it's like Friday at five o'clock, we're gonna do a check-in. Like everyone comes to the table, like an official meeting. And this is about our relationship, you know, but it can be like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling supported? Um, are you feeling supported in your businesses? I want to show up better. Um, mm. There was one specific situation where I was feeling unsupported in recovery. And Chris was like, what do you mean? I like and comment on all your posts. And like, to him, that was support, right? And I'm like, I don't care if you like and comment. On <laughs> but like, I wanted like, more. <laughs> exactly. I wanted more. And so, you know, really like being like, oh, you thought you were supporting me. That's not the support. Sure. Maybe I want both, but like, I want something else, you know, on top of that. And he did, he showed up. And when I was doing my, podcast, he was like, I will edit all your episodes. And I'm like, that will take so much. Yeah. Right. That'll take you
3: wanna so it- much- You want to much- add the girl's yeah. guy too? <laughs> right. Okay.
0: This I haven't tired. done season two yet because I need his workload to lighten up so I can get my editor back. For two. <laughs> Until then I'm like, I'm not editing. Um, but yeah, I think just really intentionality, that's always been a big word for us getting intentional and then holding each other accountable with systems, like, hey, you said you're going to be home at three o'clock every day, so that we have time, and it's four o'clock every day, and it's not working out. Is there a shift we can make? Is there a different compromise? How do we, like, clearly this isn't working, but I still need that time, so what can we do to get both our needs met, and also all the business needs met, which it feels like children sometimes to <laughs> get all those needs met. Mm-hmm
1: do you find that there's times where you feel like you're prioritizing your relationship time over your business? And like, do you ever feel like guilty for that at all? Or. Yeah. I feel, I, like?
3: I, feel, I feel guilty all the time. You know, it's, <laughs> it's tough. You know, I, while we have three businesses, I have, I have the two and, uh, and with little lunch, I also have a lot of other partners, you know, and being the only one in the operating shoes, you know, I put an immense amount of pressure on myself. Um, some just, and, and most, most of it not, but you know, I'm a perfectionist. So it comes to the territory. Um, And so yeah, just a lot of stress to myself. And so I know that I have, I have employees, I have a team under me, I have people that look up to me and rely on me. I know that my partners, um, you know, they, they don't have the same experience or knowledge that I do. And that's what I bring to this business. And so a lot just rides on me. And so you know, I'm here, here we are doing a podcast and it's fun. It's a great time, but I, you know, I have these other two. People
1: <laughs> yeah. so how much longer podcast. is this thing? <laughs> I,
3: got, I got to go okay. guys. <laughs> like, um, and, you know, I definitely feel guilty on on any other time that I'm not spending on the business, you know, and, and in a sense, our relationship is also, you know, business. It's something that, that is bringing us an immense amount of value, not necessarily monetarily. I mean, she makes, you know, books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you
0: great for yourself too okay
3: <laughs> not a lot of comedy, so um but yeah you know it's an investment of time and it's just um you know you have to kind of put yourself in check you know when those feelings are coming up because they're not coming up because that's how you truly feel there's there's underlying stuff going on
0: your there, subconscious so. is coming into play for sure yeah. so yeah it's I think and that's the communication right and that even as being a more um you know anxious attachment style i recognize that like i do want a lot of time with him and i also am very lucky that i have a business that functions roughly off like 20 hours a week so i don't work the same workload that he does so these are all things that i have to be mindful of of like how can i support him and get my needs met because my needs need to be met and he needs to feel supported because those are his needs. So that's where that communication comes in of like, well, I want to do dinner every night together, you know? So as long as we have dinner and if you still have work after and you need to step away for work, I'll go watch Bachelor because you don't like watching Bachelor, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. something like that, where I'm like, Hey, that still feels good. Cause I still get an hour of your time today to feel yeah. seen. So Yeah. yeah we're constantly navigating it. And I think as our businesses evolve, obviously the goal of all businesses, right, is if they're completely self-sustaining without you breaking your back as much in them. So it'll continue to evolve. Um, I feel like in the beginning it was hard and we've built routines to make it feel a lot more joyful. I feel like we're both really happy in our relationship and in our businesses more so than like, three months ago, there was a lot of tears (laughs) over business and relationship management. Yeah. 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 I I think, I think to
1: go back, I think Chris, I think the way you phrase that too, like thinking of like your relationship, like as a business in a kind of way, because then, I mean, if you think about it, if you visualize your relationship as a business, you're less likely to almost like take advantage of it or like not show up and all yeah the things. like you got to clock in for work just like you got to clock in for your relationship kind of thing like you know you wouldn't take advantage of like your business being there and like the money coming in kind of thing unless like you're jeff bezos or whatever <laughs> uh <laughs> it's not really a passive income that you're like yeah. at yet um, but back to uh
3: you know you got to put in work for good things Yeah. If, um you know, thankfully, with her flexibility in me navigating these two businesses that I'm, that I'm operating, it's, you know, there's a lot of grace in that. So if, if a lot of my time and investment is going into these businesses rather than a relationship, you know, she's also working on different elements to sustain the relationship itself, you know, and to, to be a supportive partner through that, that process. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's work that you have to put in. If I'm not investing time in this relationship, it's going to fall off and fail you know, and, and um, you can't, you know, I think, I think a lot of people get into very long-term relationships and just fall apart and they're not investing Mm -hmm. in it, you know? So um, you're like, what? we're married and we have kids. And it's like, that doesn't mean you're happy, you know, you got to make (laughs) each other happy. So um, that's the challenge with a relationship. You know, I feel like people often jump into relationships and they're not prepared to put in the work and they think, well, I'm a great person. You're a great person. This is going to be awesome. Um, but it's not always the case. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep dating, even though you're, you know, in a long term relationships, like if you let that romance die, if you let that spark kind of fizzle out kind of thing, you know, it puts that strain on it where the other person's like, okay, well maybe this is not that great. Look at everybody else that's out here. (laughs) Um, I'm going to (laughs) go by.
0: Yeah. And again, it's like saying what you need because like for us, our holiday season is insane. Our anniversary is in October. His birthday is in November. Obviously, we have all the other holidays everyone else celebrates. And then my birthday is in December. So nice. we have all the normal holidays with like our holidays. And it's like three months of just like... Chaos. Chaos. It feels like <laughs> chaos because I'm, you know, like anniversary is important. His birthday is important. My birthday is important. We are celebrating everything. Nothing gets taken off the calendar. That's like, oh, we'll just not do that. But again in the beginning, I wasn't speaking that. And so he'd be like, Oh, well, it's just my birthday. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, it's a big deal. I want to celebrate it, you know, <laughs> but I'm not say- saying it. So now it's like the conversation of like, Hey, we already know the time he's taking off in October. We know it in November, we know it in December and it's prepping and planning so that he can step away from the business and feel better about it to be able to honor those holidays that feel important to me and special to me in a way that I can then feel fulfilled by the relationship. Yeah.
3: And
1: sure then that. you can also relax too. <laughs>
0: Maybe. Well, that's, that's
3: the tougher part. Yeah. That's the yeah. hard
2: part for you. <laughs>
3: this, time I do this work now, I she doesn't have to see me for the whole rest of the year. So yeah. I have that, that return on investment.
0: He's dramatic. He takes weekends off to He's hang out.
1: <laughs> well this has been such a delight like having both of you guys on here to talk about this I have thoroughly enjoyed it I mean I think that we've not only have to we touched like on codependency but we talked about like you know managing a business like with like your partner which is something that we haven't even crossed over into because we have talked about like with us best friends like we are yeah. but never like it's intimate being best friends and doing something together but it's so much more intimate doing it with somebody that like you are trying to like build a life with and everything and sleep
0: in bed with every night. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like some people, I think it makes or breaks a relationship. Like when you get into those sort of things and I'm happy to see that you guys are, you guys are doing great so far. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you
0: so much. I appreciate it. And yeah, we, we keep saying like, it only keeps getting better. Like, and that's, you know, again, we're, we're leading very intentional lives and we're building our dream lives truly. Um, and I don't see that stopping you know so I think again like keyword of this episode intentionality like just keep staying intentional in every single step of your life which you know it sounds like it's so much work but it really doesn't have to be as long as you're in alignment and it kind of just starts to unfold and so I kind of feel like that's where we're at so yeah I'm really excited to see well you'll guys have to have us back in like year two and years will be in, in person
1: it'll be in person this time so there we yes. go
0: it'll be the, part of the event yeah. special episode
1: live, live recording. recording yes, yes. Oh God. <laughs> God. no pressure no pressure or anything
0: please Hannah book your tickets now right. I'm ready to go
1: Perfect. well that was great i think like that last little sentence i, I that is hands down our survival tip for this week i think you know having that intentionality in your relationships is gonna help them blossom even more so I love it. Thank you guys so much. Before we let you guys go, I want to give you guys a moment to shout out your businesses, your Instagram,
0: where people can find both of you guys. Um, go ahead. The mic is all yours. Okay. So yeah, I run recovery life coaching and the best place to find me is on Instagram. And my handle is at R E C O V period H E R period Y.
3: So I uh, own and operate Little Lunch Coffee. You can add us (laughs) on Instagram there and and follow along to our very uh, Venice Beach aesthetic. Um, And then I own and operate or or co-own and operate uh, Odd Glory, O-D-D Glory. Um, Find us on Instagram. It's a coffee apparel brand that I started to kind of give back to baristas and professionals in the coffee industry. Um, And you can personally find me at The Coffee Warlock.
0: Ooh, I like it. Love Lots it. Instagram's there. My whole life's on recovery. So you'll find everything there. her
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm horrible at the at the social game. So <laughs>
1: it's fine. And I will we will leave the links to all of that in our show notes for you guys to so go ahead and check out. And make sure you guys stop by little lunch and say hi to Allie and Chris, like if you're there, if you're in Venice, um, try that, try their chai tea latte because that's what I had there and it was delicious. Um, I drank the entire Perfect. thing like in 30 minutes.
2: She never <laughs> finishes a drink ever. So that's a compliment. Well, i saying, <laughs> saying a lot. <laughs> I love that.
0: Thank you guys so much for having us on. This was fun. Yes. And we'll see you guys later.
2: And so that does it for today's episode of the Gal's Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at the GalsGuide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey.